0: Praise God! Thank you, Lord. How many believe that's those words? How many just like the tune? All right, one, two. Uh, <laughs> Praise God! It's fun. To, it's it's enjoyable to uh, uh, you know have fun singing a song, but uh, we should believe what we're saying. Amen. So it should apply. It should apply personally. In this regard, I believe He makes a way for me. Amen. I believe He suspends the natural order of this earth so His provision and power can flow in my life. Miracle. Amen. Amen. I believe that. Amen. You should believe that if you don't. If If you haven't started, today is a good day to start believing that that God is not limited to the natural order of things in this world. We have a book full of examples of him suspending natural law and making a way where naturally, humanly speaking, it was impossible. We have a book full of examples of that. It's either all bogus or it's true. And if it's true, you got to know he put it in there so someone would grab a hold of it and believe it so it would happen again so he could do it again and again and again. Amen, amen. Father, thank you for what you're doing in here right now. Thank you, Lord. I thank you that you are making a way, showing yourself strong, Lord, and we choose to believe it. Yes. Hallelujah, you're able, you're faithful, you're willing, and even right now, thank you, the Spirit of the Lord is working, working in our lives. And we are not limited to what we see and feel. We're not limited to the laws of physics. We are not limited by any earthly means. For we believe God. We believe your word that what you say will happen. We take you at your promise. Thank you, Lord. The Spirit of the Lord is moving and working mightily in us and in our midst today. We give you all the glory, all the honor and praise. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Well, if you can uh, not uh, change your mentality, go ahead and be seated. Stay standing on the inside, what I mean. Praise God. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in here right now. Thank you, Lord, for working. We're working, working by your Spirit. We believe you for it. We believe you for it. We believe and we shall see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Let's just say some things together. I'll I'll just lead that way we can be in unity. Say, Say, Father... I believe. I believe in you. In you. I, believe your word is true. I believe your word is true. What you promised, what promise? you, are what you are faithful to perform. And I lay hold, I lay hold. Of, that of that which you've promised. Life, life. In, my life. in my life. Blessing, Blessing. Increase. increase, and strength. And strength. For, I For I have been delivered. I have been made free. And now I walk, now I walk in, your in your victory I give you praise, give you praise and, glory and, glory and glory all the day This is my choice, this is my choice. I, give you I give you praise All the day long, all the day long. This is my choice, is my choice. I, thank you. I thank you Your word is working Your, is working. your spirit, is working spirit is working In my life, my life. Right now okay. And continually, Continue. Hallelujah, 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 Balasidi Hallelujah. Uh, remember when uh, this is this is the interpretation of that <laughs> uh, <laughs> when uh, Thomas said, "I won't believe unless I see, unless I put my finger in your nail prints and stick my fist in your." Side. And Jesus said, blessed are those who have not seen, yet believe. Come on, does anybody in here believe something they can't see? I'm not talking about grabbing things out of the air and just believing random things with no basis. I'm talking about believing a word from God that you don't yet have physical evidence that it's so. Hallelujah. But you believe it. You believe it anyway. Come on. If there's something you believe, glory to God. What did Jesus say about you? Blessed. Blessed. Yeah. You're one of the unique ones. You're one of the special few. Because a lot of people aren't willing to do this. They're not willing to believe until they feel it. They're not willing to believe it until they see it. But someone. (laughs) Hallelujah. Like Wigglesworth said, it seems that God will pass over a million people just to get to someone who will believe his word or some version of that. Someone with faith. Yeah. How about you be one of those and I be one of those? Yeah. Well, other people are waiting to see it. Well, show it to me and then I'll think about it. No, I believe God's word right now. I believe it in advance of seeing it. Hallelujah. Now we're going to need uh uh, people to be this way in our day, and, and, and you are going to need to be this way at different times in your life. Uh, th- this is what separates, as we say, the men from the boys, right? Uh, in other words, those who will praise God when they don't feel like it, because it takes faith to do that, right? A lot of people just won't. Okay, are they bad people? Well, they're not in faith. That's all I can say. They're probably just like me in, in many ways, except for without faith. Right? But th- it's it, it gonna take that. It's gonna take mature people learn how to do this. Those who remain perpetually in an immature state of, of, of Christianity, of spirituality, and so forth, they don't learn to do that. They learn to be reactive. They react to what the circumstance around them is telling them. Okay? To use a well, uh, you know, well-rehearsed illustration, they are more like a thermometer than a thermostat. The thermometer, how I mean, you know, will tell you what the temperature is. The thermostat will decide what the temperature is going to be. Right? And we've got lots of thermometers in the world. Lots of thermometers in churches. Right? And they'll be quick to tell you, this is the way it is. (laughs) This is the current circumstance. This is what I'm perceiving. This is what I feel. Yeah? And not enough people who will say, yeah, so what? I'm moving the little, remember the old-fashioned ones that weren't digital? (laughs) I'm moving this thing up. We're going to heat it up or cool it off or we're going to change the way it is because it's not the way it's supposed to be. Amen. Has it ever not been the way it's supposed to be in your life? You're not not a bad person if you can say amen to that. I can say amen to that. I can lift all three of my hands. Sometimes it's not the way it's supposed to be. What are you going to do about that? Let's... Let's, uh, let's thermostat the thing. Let's get the furnace going, the air, air conditioner going. Let's change the environment. Instead of saying, it's cold. It's cold in my life. <laughs> Lord, why are you doing this? The Lord is not the thermostat. Come on. He's not controlling the temperature. There's a lot of factors involved with when things are going right or wrong. But bless God, someone has got a praise in the middle of it, and that's one way. That's one way you change the atmosphere in your own life, the circumstances of your own uh, of your own existence. Yeah, it is by faith that we change things. Yeah. Amen. If this seems to say, isn't it the believers' meaning? Aren't we supposed to go deep? Come on, come on, come on! Come on now. If you, if you've been saved for more than a minute, you know. This is deep. <laughs> what I mean by that is what I've said a moment ago. Uh, spiritual babies don't do this. Or they don't do it for more than a minute. They may do it for a minute. And then they're back to reading the room. You know, reading the atmosphere, the circumstance, their feelings. And they interpret, you know, how they react by what's happening around them. Instead of people who are setting the pace. They're controlling the circumstances. Amen. How do I do that? Just like we're doing. All right, something's wrong. What do we do? Act opposite. Praise God when you don't feel like it. Shout when you don't want to. Declare that the Lord is working even though you have no physical perception that He's working. So, how do I know I'm not just making it up? Because you base it on His promise. We're not just making things up, not just grabbing it out of the air. I need evidence. I need proof, and I've got it in God's Word. If he said it so, then I'm going to say, yep, you said it right there. Hallelujah, everything's going to be all right. Well, why? Well, he said he would supply my every need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Right there. Glory to God, everything's going to be fine. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. Amen. You got your stack of bills right there. (laughs) Right? And I got the Word of God right here. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Everything's fine. Like the children of Israel marching around the walls of Jericho, looking like idiots. But they had a word from God. March. Amen. And at the right time, shout. If you don't have a shout, shut up. If you know that story, that was the rule. All right, shut up for six days. Why? That's when you know people. It's when complaining happens. It's when mumbling happens. It's like, what are we doing? They had to go around the wall. Sorry, I keep looking at this white thing on the carpet. It's bugging me. Thank you. (laughs) I'm not moved by what I see. I heard one minister one time, and I, so just, to, you can look this up for yourself. I believe the place they went back to after each circle around Jericho was maybe Gilgal. And again, I'm going by memory. My Bible here is not telling me. Uh, and they said that meant, that it had a reference to going, to be in a place of the word. So the idea, and you can look this up to verify, but the principle is true, whether that is correct or not. Uh, not Gilgal, maybe like a Bethel or something. Anyway, it's one of those Hebrew sounding words. <laughs> and, but they would go around and shut up, shut up, shut up, and then get back to the word. and go around and get back to the word. Go around and get back to the word. Don't say it, don't say a thing, get in the word. Go around, do what God told you to get in the word. You do that long enough and you're ready to open your mouth. Yeah. And this time when you open your mouth, it's not, ah! Oh. No, it's. Triumph! Shout with a voice of triumph. Amen. Amen. It's lifting our voice in praise. And that's when walls come down. Amen. 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 Praise God. Everybody okay today? Amen. Let's just pray for a moment. Father, I thank you for what you're doing in here. Thank you. Thank you. We don't have to see it, but we will see it. Thank you, Lord. We move from, from faith to sight. Thank you, Lord. We believe unto seeing. We believe unto change. Thank you, Lord. You are. We're not going to make this just a thought or a theology or a belief system. We we, we believe that you are working right now and you are working in our lives. And we choose to rejoice and be glad. All of our days we give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 We need to uh, learn how to deal with things that are that are difficult, don't we? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, meaning, how to praise when you don't feel like it. We need to learn how to respond to uh, hardship and difficulty, and and learn to uh, to not quit, learn to not give in, because there'll never be a a time until we get to heaven where there's not opposition to us. No one's a bad Christian because you went through a problem or in the middle of a problem. We live in a fallen world. There is still a real devil who seeks, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Yeah? Who may he devour? Well, sometimes we could say say it this way, those who won't praise in the middle of their trial. Right? Because then they, they fall into it. So we got to learn how, how to deal with stuff. You know, uh, I, was, I was praying and, and this scripture came up in me. So I want to look at it. Uh, it might not even seem like it goes. It'll go somehow. Uh, it's in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 12. So take a look at that with me. 2 Corinthians, chapter 12. Um, Oh, that's 1 Corinthians. Close enough. Uh, Well, let's just read verse 14. 2 Corinthians 12, 14. We'll read a couple verses here. Now, Now for the third time, I am ready to come to you. Paul talking to the Christians at Corinth. And I will not be burdensome to you, for I do not seek yours, but you. For the uh, children ought not to lay up for the parents, but the parents for the children. In other words, Paul's telling them, I'm not there coming for your money. He's taking away all their, their excuses to reject and everything. I'm not coming for, them, c- coming for your, your stuff. I'm coming for you. And he said, and, you know, I'm like, a am your parent, your spiritual parent. He said, "I'm not here to get something from you, I'm here to give something to you all right and 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 this and this is, the, this, is the, this is the statement that came up in me in prayer, and I will very gladly spend and be spent for your souls, though the more abundantly I love you, the less I am loved so uh, obviously now, now Paul had um, uh Paul had lots of people who adored him and, you know, valued him. And then he had other people, too. By the way, that's going to be true for all of us all the time. There are going to be people who love you, appreciate you, and others who don't. Are you ready for that? I just can't deal with this. Learn. You have to. All right. Now, Paul is the example of ministry for us. If anyone is in ministry, by the way, uh, there are those that are in full time ministry and preachers and called to do that. All Christians are called to ministry on some level. No one is called to just sit in church. All right? No one's called to come to church and not give and not pray and not serve and not do anything. So if you're doing that, like, don't do that for more than a couple weeks. You know it's like that every now and then we hear someone say, "Well, I need to take a break. I've been serving, I need to take a break." Good for you, you should do that. See you next week." <laughs> take, take a break all week. Now maybe that's an exaggeration. They can take two weeks, but But, but we, we've, we've found in, in leadership, when people take six months off, they stop coming to church a lot. Right. They backslide. So I, it makes me nervous whenever someone says, "Yeah, I need to take a break." Yeah? Mm. You got a time limit on that, buddy? Right. Or are you going to be, or, or are you just caving to your circumstances? I realize sometimes there's things going on and you need victory over them. Great. We'll help you through them. We'll walk with you. But get back in here. Because right. you got you to do, do church the way God intended. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Anyway, I, I didn't <coughs> plan to say that, but that's good. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Hey. Uh, but he, he said, the more abundantly I love you, the less I am loved. I think all of us need to be prepared for that. Especially if you're going to serve God, you're going to do some kind of, kind of ministry. Some people are really going to appreciate you. And that's great. And some people are really going to not. Yeah. There's an old saying that says, if, if, if you live by the praises of men, you'll die by their criticisms. Yeah. <laughs> so when people praise you, take it with a grain of salt. <laughs> Just say thank you very, you know, be polite and genuinely appreciative. Thank you so much. And then say, Lord, I give you all the glory. And I'm not going to let that person's praise, even if they think you're the greatest thing since sliced bread, uh, I'm not going to let that puff up. I'm just going to say, Hallelujah. It's good to be used of God. Good to be flowing. Because the next person in line, <laughs> they're not so nice. <laughs> And you pour your heart out for them and you pray for them when they don't know it and give your all and pray for, you know, and all these kind of things. And uh, they don't know your, what you're doing to help them and, and uh, they're not going to be nice to you. What am I going to do about that? I'm not going to strike back. We're not going to get them back. We're not going to allow ourselves to get bitter, right? We're not, we're not allowed ourselves to get into judgments, right? As Christians, we're just not going to do that, right? What are we going to do? We're going to give to them and serve to them. And if they bite your hand off, you know, they, what do they call that? Bite in the hand that feeds you. Yeah. <laughs> if, they, if they do something and you're just going to say, well, Lord, you forgave me. So, yep. you yeah. know, I'm not going to hold it against them. And I know that's easier preached <laughs> than lived because yeah. you, you live long enough. You got to do balls. You talk about it and you got to do it. And it's very real and it's harder to actually live it. But we still have to do it. Yep. Yeah. Hallelujah. Amen. Mature people learn how to do this. Talking about growing up a little bit today in various forms. Mature people learn how to do it, how to deal, deal with these things. They learn how to deal with uncomfortable situations, with people who are not always loving, with, uh, with, with, with difficulty. And if we don't learn to do that, we don't grow. And, and you, you, in reality, we never fulfill God's purpose for our lives because we're so easily bumped, so easily knocked out of the game. Hallelujah. Is, it, is everybody okay with, uh, Can someone? do you have anyone in your life that can correct you? Uh, I'm not saying I'm about to do that. I'm just saying, uh, I'm just saying that's kind of a need for us. Yeah. Yeah. Someone who can call you out and you're not going to yell at them yeah. or you're not going to, you know, say, how dare you? Talk to me like that. Okay, well, maybe everyone can't talk like to you like that. Can someone? Not the person who will always just tell you what you want to hear. But we don't have to have people in our lives sometimes that will tell us when needed, not just being negative, but will tell us what we need to hear. Amen. Remember Hebrews 12 says, whom the Lord loves, he chastens. In other words, trains. But that chastening, you know, isn't always pleasant, right? But we can deal with unpleasant, can't we? Can you deal with unpleasant? Or are you quick to be offended, quick to be hurt, quick to be bugged by people when they do things that you don't like? We ought to thank God. Now, if you're around just negative people, that's a whole different story. Get away. But people who love you, and they'll tell you straight, or in a church that doesn't just tell you everything you want to hear? Right? I want to hear certain... We've got to be positive. I'm not talking about being in a negative church and they're always preaching down to you. I don't believe in that for a moment. I think it should be uplifting. But there's times when things need to be said that hit us, that challenge us, that even correct us. If we'll yield, we'll grow. And if we won't yield... We usually go backwards. Yep. Praise the Lord. Amen. Anyway, he, he loved these people; they didn't love him. <laughs> this is this statement is is really a challenging statement. Uh, it is for me. Paul is a good good example of love. I will very gladly spend and be spent for your souls. Uh, yikes. I w- Not only will he do it, he will spend and be spent. Not saying, I can't deal with you anymore, I'm spent. No, I'll do that for you. I will, I mean, that's, that's why I'm saying, that's a challenging statement. It's like, I will wear myself out for you. I will give you my all. I will empty out, For your benefit. That's the love of a father, a a spiritual father to the church. I will do this for you. If you need this, I will do it. I will pour my life out. And the thing he said about this, I'll do it gladly. I mean, some of us will do it, but (laughs) I'll do it because I have to, but I want to. And so this is, that's why I say this is a real challenging statement to to love people at that level. That I'll, I'll, I'll go out of my way. I will do whatever I need to do. Amen. Amen. You guys, can you put up scriptures? Uh, 1 John 3, 16. See, there's a, there's, a, there's a right way to think. I don't know how long it takes you guys to get those up, but... As soon as you can. Oh, there it is. By this we know love because he, there we go, (laughs) laid down his life for us. And we also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. That's a good one, huh? Tell us how to live. What's the right way to do this? (laughs) Well, if we're following the Lord, if we're following love, if we're following Jesus... He laid down his life for us. Now, we know he did that in a literal sense on the cross, and I don't think that's what he wants us to do to die for each other in that sense. Obviously, we're not the redeemer, but we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. That's the language I think Paul probably has this in his heart when he's saying this, I will very gladly spend and be spent for your souls. What is that? That's laying down your life for the brethren. That's hard. (laughs) That's difficult. That's a challenge but that's the right way to think. Amen. Amen. I, I believe the Lord wants wants some of us to grow a little bit or all of us to grow a lot of bit, <laughs> but uh, he wants us to grow and and this is a right way to think. Uh, again in probably in modern day churchism, so many things are built around scriptures, but but only certain types of scriptures. Only those that Promise us amazing life. And those are in there. We need those, and we need to keep talking about those. The blessing of the Lord, all that kind of stuff. But there are also lots of verses like this that talk about laying down our lives for others. That talk about being spent for other people. And uh and, and really dealing with difficulty when others don't love you like they ought to. Amen. Is this okay? To take a look at uh, the book of, of Luke, chapter 9. I know this is not typically a preaching, teaching service, but if it needs to be, it needs to be. Amen. Uh, Luke 9, verse 57. You haven't torn that page out of your Bible and thrown it out yet, have you? If it's still there, let's read it. Verse 57. Now it happened when they journeyed on the road that someone said to him, him is Jesus, Lord, I will follow you wherever you go. (laughs) That just reminds me over the years, as a pastor, many times we've heard this. What have people told us, Amy? This is, my church. this is my church, she said. I'm here. You know, it's their first time there. And this pastor. is, you're my pastor. I'm here. This is my house. This is my place. Usually, it's like, you don't say it out loud, but we'll see. Because... I mean, that sounds negative, but so many people, they come off proclaiming, this is it. This, I'm going to do this. That's the last time you see them. <laughs> They're not there for you. You know, I mean, I remember a guy years ago, came to church for a little while, and I still know the guy, but he's, you know, he would always tell me about offerings. He would say, whenever we get ready to do something, something, you know, I'm going to help. I'm going to help with that. And I would always, of course, say, well, praise God. Good. I would also think and not say out loud, what are you doing now? Because why are you waiting for something? Do you even give now? If you, think, if you believe in what we're doing, then you should give now. And then if we have something special, then, you know, be led. We're not asking you, but you should give then too. And this particular person never helped with anything financially. Why do you always want to tell me? I'm going to help. I'm going to do this. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> well, you know, we're doing our our project. And and like I've told you about these things, I don't normally know. I don't know what people have given unless there's some reason why they did. And so I was informed of a particular uh, uh a minister that gave an offering this last week—not a lot, but like twenty thousand. Okay, not a lot concerning in the, compared to the project. <laughs> that might be a lot for you or me. I'm, I'm not—I'm not diminishing anyone's gift. <laughs> Sorry, maybe I shouldn't have said that wasn't a lot. Oh, in, relationship to, in relationship to twenty million, it's not a lot. Right. <laughs> but uh, but then I I, I mentioned it to, to Amy. I said so and so that we both know, they gave an offering. And she, she brought up that they said they were going to. And I, then I remembered, yeah, he did say that. I like that. Yep. People say something that are not just trying to impress you or just yep. blow smoke in your face, whatever that phrase means. Uh, but they say, I'm going to do this. And then you forget about it even. And then months later, they do it. Yep. Wow. What kind of person are you? Come on. I don't want to be promising things and then just not doing them. Right. Right. Amen. Amen. Anyway, this was funny <laughs> to me just right now when I read it. Uh, what verse did I read anyway? <laughs> Chapter 9? Yeah. Oh, yeah. There it is. I lost it on my page. Uh, I will follow you wherever you go. Oh, uh, yeah. Proof of the puddings in the following. <laughs> and Jesus said to him, foxes have holes and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Why did he say that? Well, Jesus wasn't homeless, by the way. That's not what he's teaching there. Remember, he fell asleep on the pillow in the boat. He had a place to lay his head then. <laughs> I, know, I know he had a pillow. <laughs> What's he telling the guy? The guy said, I'm going to follow you wherever you go. He's telling him, do you know what you're asking? You know what you're telling me here? We are on the road. We are going from place to place. If you think it's all staying in the Hilton, it's not. We're sleeping wherever we can and we're going. And you say, you're going to follow me? Well, let me tell you about this. Is that an important, I don't know, something to consider? Yeah. Amen. Some of you uh, Bible college students that are, you know, she sends a call to full-time ministry. Uh, wh- I'm not going to tell you it's all flowery beds of ease. It's all roses and finances. And uh, if you're not ready for, for for difficult, don't do it. I'm not saying it's all difficult and there's no joy. There's absolute joy in fulfilling the will of God for your life. 100%. But if you're not ready for for... Uh, to give out a lot and at times and sometimes get back very little, don't do it. If you're not ready to spend and be spent because you love people more than you love your own comfort, don't do it. Because right. we don't need people to quit. That's right. Right. Amen. Come on. That's good. Hallelujah. <laughs> so Jesus talked about the foxes. Then he said to another, follow me. But he said... Lord, let me first go bury my father. Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead. But you go and preach the kingdom of God. Now that seems kind of harsh, doesn't it? Let the dead bury. It's just a funeral, Lord. (laughs) Jesus answered him him kind of tough. I think sometimes we need that. Because if you're going to do this, do it. But if, 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 if there's a thousand things that can buck you out, and I got this, and, and, and I've got something else to do, and I don't feel good today, and I'm, I'm this and that, then you're not ready for this. Yeah. Come on, come on. And by the way, we're talking about people following the Lord. In one sense, how I many know that's all of us? Right. I was addressing those called to full time ministry, but all of us are called to serve the Lord and be used of Him in some way. So there's got to be a little bit of this. Grit to us, okay? Because Jesus was, was strong with them because he didn't want people following him and then bailing on him in a minute. I mean, I know, I know quite a few people. Again, I can relate to this on two levels, but I know a lot of people in, in full-time ministry that started and didn't finish. And I don't mean they're bad people. I still love them and care about them, but it got hard and they didn't make it. I, don't, I believe in restoration. But there's a reason people get knocked out. Is it really hard? Sometimes, yeah. But you've got to have this level of, I'm ready for this. I'm willing to do this. I'm all in with God, and nothing is going to keep me out. Amen. It's it's funny, Pastor Bill, you probably hear this sometimes, but uh, you know, we, I don't have anyone in mind, or maybe you do, and you could tell their story. I don't know, but... Uh, uh, but, but, but people who say, I'm called, I got this call, full-time call, I'm called to evangelize or missions or whatever, pastor and all this kind of stuff, and you have to, you have to convince them to go to prayer meetings. Or, or, you know, or with the school, you have to convince them to, like, make it to class. And they're saying, I've got this call of God to the ministry. It's like, well, you either just don't, <laughs> or you're not even close to being ready. Because it's like, it's the whole thing. You remember Jesus said, if you be faithful with little, be faithful with much. I know that's talking about finances and stuff in Luke 16, but that principle can really apply to a lot of areas. If I can't be faithful with just something small, how am I going to do great things for God? And so, you know, if every time I, every time I get the sniffle or something, I have to stay home. Ooh, are we? Is that a sensitive subject still from the, <laughs> the China virus? You know, you have to stay at home. You know, where you're just... <laughs> I was just, you know, some of you know, I was just in the, the Philippines with uh, Pastor Glenn. Remember, he was here last May, maybe. Pastor Glenn from Washington. And uh, he pastored and he turned his church over recently, but he pastored the same church for 40 years. And, uh, and so we were ministering together, and we were collaborating on some of our material. And uh, one of the things he was able to tell uh, the pastors and leaders and stuff that we ministered to, he said in 40 years of pastoring, I never missed a ministry time or a Sunday or a ministry time uh, uh, due to sickness. Times he traveled, times he did other things or whatever not one in 40 years. How many know, well, unless someone, you know, there was people like Brother Hagen, who last headache, headache he had was August 1933. <laughs> uh, and he would always tell that story. Uh, and there's others that are, that are that way. Most people aren't that way. Most people have a little more battle, I think, with some physical ailments. And for someone to say, like Pastor Glenn, I've never missed in 40 years due to sickness, he, because I, I know him well, he is not saying he never preached with a pain <laughs> or with a symptom. Because right. he would get victory, even sometimes it wasn't quite showing up yet. But I'm just saying he had that attitude. He had that attitude that says, bless God, I'm called to do this. I am not letting the devil keep me out of the pulpit. You know, or letting these, these hardships, whatever they might be, keep me out. Absolutely not. And th- those are the kind of people, you know, I might even teach this in January or February or March or something. Uh, <laughs> in, in more greater detail. But for people that, that succeed and succeed long term and that overcome and overcome consistently, they have that kind of attitude in them. That just says, I, you're going to have to hit me with a two by four. And, and i will be knocked out before I'm not showing up to do what I'm supposed to do. And, and, and so many small things, they just can't keep me out. And I, I'm just saying a lot of, uh, you know, maybe it's a maturity issue. But a lot of genuine Christians, but they, they don't have that. It's just, I'm tired. I can't go. When. Should we call the wambulance? <laughs> Would you like some cheese with your wine? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's just, it's just too small. It's like that kept you out? That's why you had to cancel? That's why you didn't show up for that person or to serve or you didn't go to that special meeting and I had a hard day at work? Well, So? Get big picture here. Come on. Have a little more than that. Right. Now this might sound like, I might sound mean and maybe you think I'm never telling you my problems. <laughs> Pastor Mickey will hear him. He's way nicer than me. <laughs> no, pr- I'll pray with you and then I'll say, okay, now let's do better. <laughs> I mean it in a loving way. I'm just as human as anybody else. How I many know pastors and ministers are gifted, and empowered and anointed to minister, to preach and prophesy and all this, not to live. It's not extra. Any one of us will tell you, we don't have anything extra to live. Like, you don't understand. We understand. Seriously. If the gift is for, I'm not called and gifted for me. I'm called and gifted for you. And by the way, you're called and gifted for me on some level and for each other. I'm just saying the gifts we operate in make us look really good. Yeah. Yeah. When I'm at my best, I'm flowing in my gift. Hey. And you think, man, my life must be amazing. It's probably just like yours. <laughs> <laughs> and I flow in my gift and God shows up and power shows up and, and amazing things happen and I get to be a vessel so I get to feel the power flowing through me and woo, woo glory to God. <laughs> and then you're done and you go back to you. Go back to Clark Kent, <laughs> working at the Daily Planet, <laughs> right? But it's real. I mean, we, I have to stand against sickness and disease, against, against thoughts of, you know, discouragement, and exactly the same as everybody else. I have to believe God for finances. Well, I mean, for me, it's for the personal and for the church, and I know I'm not alone in that. You are all believing with me. But I'm, I'm just saying, it's, that's how these things work. Yeah. Amen. Hallelujah. Anyway, he said, let, let me go bury. Jesus said, let the dead bury the dead. Uh, you go preach. Verse 61, and another also said to him, Lord, I will follow you. But first, let me go bid farewell to those who are at my house. But Jesus said to him, No one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. Again, this is like strong language. It's like, Jesus, you're kind of reducing your followers here. You know, you might want to be a little nicer and get a bigger crowd. But he's saying, listen, if you're going to do this, I want you all in. If you're going to do this, I want you to know, I want you to know there's some things you're going to give up. Now, the reward will always be greater than the price paid. But that doesn't mean there's not going to be a price paid. Of discomfort, of dealing with difficult situations, of hurt, of, of all those kind of things. They're very, very real. So if, we are, if we're going to serve God with all of our hearts, let's just uh, determine that it might be a bumpy ride, but the grace of God will be sufficient. Amen. And His blessing will abound. Amen. And His promises are yes, and in Him, amen. Hey, right? right? And we get to live in the victory, and the joy of the Lord is, is available to us, but we're going to have to take these things by faith. We're going to have to praise when we don't feel like it. Right? And even when we don't see it, we have to believe He's working. And He never stops. He never stops working. Hallelujah? Amen. Paul told Timothy, one of the things he said to him, he said, endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Timothy, Timothy was a young man in the ministry. Paul was his spiritual father. So Timothy, endure it. Endure hardship. Not run from hardship. Not there's never going to be hardship. He said, endure it. Stay in there. Don't let it knock you out. Yeah. And I think we all should be mindful that uh, there are going to be times when we want to get bumped. But bless God, I'm going to buckle in, strap in, and do this. Amen. Live for God all my days. In the last days, perilous times will come. In the last days, some shall, mixing two verses together, some shall depart from the faith. How am I going to keep that from being me? I'm going to buckle in. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to be mentally prepared to say, "Okay, this is it's a wonderful life with the Lord, but there is opposition." And when it comes, I'm not going to be surprised by it. I'm going to say, "Okay, I didn't see that one coming. I didn't know it was going to come through that person. Thought they were my friend. <laughs> I didn't know this and I didn't know that, but Lord, you are faithful." and you are on the throne and I'm serving you and I will not be knocked away by these things or these circumstances or these people. Uh, I'm in here for the long haul. And how many know, Paul said it this way, our light affliction is but for a, a moment. Is that 2 Corinthians 4? But th- how does the rest of that verse go? What? No, that's a good one too. But uh, (laughs) our light affliction is but for a moment, but uh, something, it works an eternal weight of glory. Yeah, Yeah, anyway. (laughs) Paul went through way worse tough times than we do. And he said, it's just momentary. But the reward, it's eternal. It's so worth it. So worth it. Anything I have to give up or deal with or hardship I have to deal with. It's so worth it. I'll think that in the end. Amen? We're all going to go back. We're probably going to roll our eyes at ourselves once in a while (laughs) in heaven and we're going to look back at our lives and go, (laughs) why were you so stressed out about that? Why were, if you only could, it was so fast. You couldn't deal with that. And so I try to remind myself of that from time to time. I think I'm going to look back at this and, and probably roll my eyes at myself. So knowing that, I don't want to give myself eye roll material for the future. Praise God. Father, I thank you for working in here tonight. Thank you for the move of your spirit. You're helping us to grow, helping us to be prepared for all that you have for us. You're helping us. Thanks for joining us for the message today. I trust it has been a blessing and a help to your life. You know, the most important thing we could ever do is to receive salvation, to receive eternal life. You know, Jesus died for our sins, he paid the price, and it's available to every single one of us. Would you like to pray today? Say it from your heart, say it out loud. Dear God in heaven, I believe in you. I repent of my sins. I believe that Jesus died for me on the cross. He suffered in my place. He died so I could live. He was raised from the dead and he's alive today. I receive him now as my savior. I confess Jesus is Lord. Listen friend, if you prayed that prayer with me today, Congratulations, you're in, you're saved, you're right with God. I would love to hear from you so we can send you some additional material to help you in your walk and relationship with God. Please text the word SAVED to 208-314-2660. Also, I'd like to invite you to join us for a live service this coming Sunday, and you are more than welcome to be here visit our website at lcboise.com for all of the current service times. Thanks again for joining us today. God bless you.